Hello, I hope life is going really well for you today. We're in a series where I'm talking about snap decisions and how to avoid the cost of making quick decisions that really hurt us over the long haul. God has a framework for our lives. He has a frame that we need to fit each decision into because if we do, we find meaning and purpose like he intended us to experience as we live our lives. A photograph where the subject isn't in the frame defeats the purpose of that photograph. You can't tell in this picture who's in it. You can't see their faces. That kind of defeats the whole purpose of having a photograph to hold on to a memory. God gives us the freedom to make choices to go his way or not. It's a risk that he takes because when he made us, he wants us to have a genuine relationship with him. And if he didn't give us the choice to go his way or not, it wouldn't be genuine. It would be very, very synthetic and robot-like. But he wants our hearts to be into following him. So he gives us leeway. And what this means is that the road of our lives has twists and turns to it. Let's face it, we don't always do his will his way. And it's interesting, engineers who design interstates, they try to make the path, the road, interesting, not boring. And certainly the freedom the Lord gives us to choose his way or not definitely makes life interesting at times. And in the twists and turns, what he wants us to do is to discover the truth that there is greater meaning and joy in doing his will, his way. Reality is that God's purpose prevails. His purpose for us prevails. Psalm 138.8 says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Also, Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, this is encouraging or frightening, depending on whether or not your heart is set on doing God's will, God's way, and living for the very purpose that God made you for. There, there are many examples in history, and you find them in Scripture, and there's other uh, after-the-Bible-was-written examples in history of very powerful people being used by God to fulfill his purpose even when they were working against him. For instance, Pharaoh was used for God's purpose, and he didn't even realize it. Romans 9.17 says, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, 
that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. The Pharaoh of Egypt was the most powerful ruler on earth at the time he experienced this, but God turned his heart to accomplish God's will and purpose in that moment. So in spite of Pharaoh's resistance and efforts to push against God and his people, God showed his power to free the Israelites from slavery to Egypt. And you can read about that in Exodus 1 through 15. It's it's a great story and a great piece of history where God works in mighty ways to show his power even when Pharaoh was dead set against doing what God wanted to do. So his purpose, God's purpose was fulfilled through Pharaoh, even though he wasn't really cooperating with God. What this all means is that we want to set our hearts to cooperate with God. And we do that by getting to know God's guidelines as he's revealed them in Scripture. He has some general guidelines that we need to be aware of. He has his will. They express his will. They We need to get to know his ways in Scripture. And as we do, we better understand God's direction and purpose for us in the specific choice that we're making right here and right now. So let's dig into how to discover God's purpose. The first thing we do to discover God's purpose is to get to know God's will revealed in Scripture. Deuteronomy 10, 12 and 13 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. The commandments and statutes of the Lord that we read in Scripture that he's talking about here in this passage, they reveal the will of God, sometimes in a general way. And there are examples that show us in more specific ways, but this is why we need to get into the Word of God so we can grow in our understanding of God's general will. I've done some teaching on the need to know uh, and how to know the will of God in a seminar called Building Blocks of Decision-Making. And in that seminar, I show how to make a wise decision according to Scripture. Here are all the building blocks. You can see them on the screen. And I'm going to go through the bottom row basically today and the top rows next week. But prayer is the top block, prayer and promptings. And that's where we start in any decision. We need to be praying about it, and we need to pray through all the way through as we're making the decision. But 
Prayer isn't the only thing we need to do. Solid decisions need a solid, firm foundation. And so that's where the bottom row of these blocks come in. The bottom row shows the need to learn and do God's general will. Faith and obedience are on the corners, and integrity is in the middle. And we'll be talking about that learning God's general will today. This provides, the bottom row provides the basic frame of God's will. It it shows us kind of where we need to live in as we get into the scripture. The middle row is when we start to look for God's specific will in a decision that we're making right then and there. And when you make a decision, we're going to talk about this next week, but when you make a decision, you need the help of clear thinking and wise counsel. You need to think through things and get the counsel from those who are more mature than you further along in the faith. The top block is when you listen to God's voice and you learn how he leads through this. And that's prayer and promptings. He, he, he nudges you in certain ways and you need to learn where the nudge is coming from and how to discern whether it's from God or not. When we make snap decisions without thinking it through, it's like taking that top block and rolling it like dice. And under pressure, that's tempting to do just that. It's tempting to pray and just go with your gut and and with what you want to do. But you start here on that bottom row of blocks. A solid foundation begins when you learn the will of God and the ways of God that he's revealed us in, to us in Scripture. And this is why I'm always talking about getting into Scripture. Because... In the Bible, we learn God's will and God's ways, and it instructs us in making solid, good, wise decisions and choices as life flows by. So that's that's why I'm always talking about that. So let's look at the guidelines God has given us. And these guidelines are... They provide a sweeping context and frame in which we should live out our lives if we want to fulfill God's purpose for us, which honestly is very exciting. In Scripture, you find the major directives for God's people. And here are God's great guidelines for his people. First, the great mandate. Genesis 1, 27 and 28 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
the great mandate shows us that people, the first couple and everybody after them, should multiply. We should have babies. We should develop families. We should create societies, cultures, technology, and bring the earth under control. We need to get dominion, as my seminary theology professor used to say. Get dominion. Um, This mandate gives meaning to the mundane in our lives. And it should motivate us to be faithful even in the most boring responsibilities. I was just pulling weeds last week. And pulling weeds is incredibly painful and mundane, but very satisfying when you step back and look at the control, the 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 way you brought that little patch of earth under control. It's satisfying because when we do that kind of thing, we fulfill the great commandment or the great mandate. Sorry. We're fulfilling that. We're bringing our little patch of earth under control. For decision-making, what this great mandate has to it instructs us, and what it means is that even in the mundane responsibilities, they're good and they're right. So we never make a decision, a choice that causes us to bail out on our responsibilities. We need to be faithful, basically, to pull weeds when we need to pull them. The second great guideline is referred to as the great commandment. Matthew 22, 37, 40. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The great commandment here, to love God and to love people, It provides the boundaries for our relationships. March Madness is starting up this week. It's already started. It's the college basketball tourney. And like most games, there's an inbounds and an out-of-bounds. And players do everything they can to stay inbounds and to keep the ball inbounds. And that's what this great commandment does for us. It shows us the guideline of what God considers in bounds in relationships. For decision-making, this means that I must treat everyone according to their best interests before God. That's what he's looking for. That's, That's what pleases him. And that's what we aim to do. The third great guideline is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission that Jesus gave his followers, the first followers, provides the framework for how God wants us to invest our lives. If we're not in this framework, we're spending our lives and not investing them. 
Matthew 28:19 and 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So here's what this means for decision making. The mundane is meaningful, yes. And love is my obligation to all. But God expects me to live for more. He wants me to team together with the church to do its work of making and training disciples of the nations. This allows us to live with a wide-angle lens, and it brings tons of meaning to our lives as we set ourselves to live within that framework of the Great Commission. It brings the blessing of God. Here's a, a wide-angle lens, and one side shows how it, it a narrow-angle lens cuts people out of the picture. And a wide-angle lens helps you see everybody that was intended to be in the picture. The wide-angle lens, when we apply this to our decisions that we're trying to make, trying to fit our decisions into the broad framework of the Great Commission means that we are going to not miss what really matters to God. This is what he wants us to be involved in. This is the great effort that he wants Christ followers to focus their lives upon. And we need to make sure that our decisions have a wide-angle lens and they fit into the broader framework of what we've been commissioned to do, all of us have been commissioned to do, and that's to make and train disciples. This is our mission at CIV, and that's why we want to join together to accomplish this. You see, two things, both of these things, make and train disciples, in our mission statement as a church, inviting our neighbors to discover Christ through his life-changing community. We invite our neighbors to our church community to discover Christ, and therefore we're involved in making disciples. Now, they, God has to work in their heart and life to help them decide to follow Christ, but we have a part in that. And we are all changed as we experience Jesus through our life-changing community. We train disciples this way, and we get trained and developed ourselves as we learn to obey all that he's commanded us. We team together as a church community to make more disciples and to grow as a disciple. If we make decisions without keeping this in mind, we miss the very purpose of God for our lives as Christ followers.
And we also miss the blessing he intends for us to experience in being involved in this great endeavor. The final great guideline I'm going to mention today is the great purpose. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. The great purpose provides the the screen for our choices. And it informs our motivation behind our decisions. And it asks, will this right here glorify God? This choice, this decision, will it bring glory to God? Or am I just trying to get my own glory? For decision-making, what this means is, I must do only what will glorify God and refuse to do the things that dishonor him, that unglorify him. Choosing God's glory among all the motives and ambitions that I have should be my main ambition. It's the reason we were made. We must make sure as we're making a specific decision that's right in front of us, that it fits in the frame, the big frame of God's will. Of course, that's only if we want the blessing of God, which he freely gives if we're setting out to live his purpose for our lives. If we're going to discover God's specific will that we're going to talk about next week in a given decision, we must first get to know God's will revealed in Scripture. And if we're going to discover God's purpose for our lives, we also must, secondly, get to know God's ways that are revealed in Scripture. Psalm 103.7 says, He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Behind the acts of God, are the ways of God. And as you get into Scripture and you read the stories about how God acted in history, you begin to see the patterns, his ways, uh, of how he operates. We, we get, we can, God wants to make those ways known to us like he did to Moses, but it takes more than just seeing the deeds and wanting God to act but it, it takes some thought and some soaking in of Scripture. And as you read through the history there of how God acted through on behalf of his people and through his people, you begin to get familiar with his ways. And that's another reason why I'm always talking about getting into Scripture so that we understand his ways. There is much guidance and understanding for specific decisions that we're making if we understand God's ways. I have never regretted doing God's will, but I do regret making some careless choices. The ways of God are found in the Word of God. And if I understand 
those ways, and if I'm familiar with them, then I can do, I can better discern his will in the moment. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's ways are the path through the dark jungle of life. There's some twists and turns to the path because God gives us the freedom to make our own choices. But his ways, his word, show us the path. I've learned, basically, that I can't trust me. I I tend towards selfishness. I want what I want. I think I deserve it. And that severely clouds my judgment. So this means that it's crucial for me to refuse to make snap decisions. To slow down. And let God walk through the decision with me to seek his will as my main concern in that decision. I must, to do this, I must get to know God's general will. And I discover that through scripture. And I get familiar with the ways of God through scripture. And I make choices that line up with his will, my understanding of it. And his ways. If I don't know the will of God as revealed in scripture, the general will, or I'm not familiar with his ways, I can talk to a more mature believer that I can trust in the congregation and draft off their maturity. That's the beauty of it. We, we, we don't have to learn. If we're teachable and coachable, we don't have to learn the hard way by getting knots on our head. We can learn from maybe some knots that other people had have received as they've made decisions. I was struck. I was reading uh, Colossians in my devotions last week, and at the very end, uh, I was reading the greetings that Paul was giving from his team, and that's, this is what he normally does as he wraps up letters. He, he sends greetings and commands, uh, from, from his teammates, greetings from his teammates, commands that he has for different people in the congregations, and there's some real gold in these comments that he makes. And in, just kind of offhand comment really wasn't offhand. God wanted him to put it in there. He says that Ephesus, he was writing to Colossians, to Colossae, to a church at Colossae, and Ephesus was a Colossian. He said he's always struggling on your behalf. And that, that word is the, is agonized in, in Greek that it was originally written in, it's the struggling is agonizing. That's what it's saying. That's the root of it. But he's struggling for two things, that they would stand mature and be fully assured in the will of God. This is how crucial it is to make the will of God our main concern, because It is the path 
to the blessing of God and being used by God to fulfill his purpose without unknowingly being used in a negative way. So in the midst of the pressure that we're experiencing, we need to be careful and we need to be fully assured of the will of God in the decisions that we're making. So I want to wrap up, as I always do, with some next steps that I'd suggest to you. And here are my suggested next steps today. My next step today is to to get to know God's will and ways by reading the Bible daily. If you're not doing that right now, get into it and, and see what you can learn about God's will and ways, his general will, and get familiar with his ways. And then choose to start cooperating with God's purpose right now. Set your heart to cooperate with him so that he can bless you as you move through life and fulfill his purpose through you. His purpose will prevail. And we need to cooperate with him to know his will, his general will and ways, and then set our heart to cooperate with him. Would you pray with me as we wrap up? Father, we thank you so much that you've laid everything out in the scripture the way you have, that we can know your general will and we can understand your ways and get familiar with them so that as we make decisions, we can slow down and work through those decisions as you guide us. Help us, God, to turn our lives over to you more and more every day to experience the joy that comes and the meaning that comes from fulfilling your will in our lives and making the decisions that bring honor and glory to you as well. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.